Hello, my name is Ava. And my name is Andrew. And you're listening to The Bad Television Show, where we watch what is, by our standards, a bad television show. Tonight we're watching Season 9, Episode 7 of The Voice, starring Blake Shelton, Adam Levine, Gwen Stefani, and Pharrell Williams. The Voice is the NBC version of a Dutch show called The Voice of Holland. Wikipedia calls the genre of this show a reality competition, which begs the question, are other competitions unreal? <laughs> it's Andrew's joke, by the way. Oh, cut that out. <laughs> so, The Voice is... An interesting show in its format because it. Uh, okay, Barack Obama. Er- <laughs> what the fuck? It erases the appearance of the contestant, the importance of the appearance of the contestants. Well, at least initially, right? Right, because the contestants audition, you could say, while the judges chairs are turned so they have theoretically they supposedly they have no idea what the contestants so they just listen to the voice exactly (laughs) that's our french version of the voice the voice of course has many spin-offs in other countries besides just holland and the united states well it's not a spin-off in holland it's the original sorry sorry but i think i saw a uh, voice a Mexican voice kids version. Yes, you did see that. That I was saw not that as also. entertaining, and uh, actually wasn't very cute at all. I didn't like. I saw a voice like a Latin American the voice, and it was kind of uh, problematic the way they brought people on with disabilities. Why was it problematic? Well, you know, we talked about how the voice is all about adversity. Mm. And they were really milking it well, in we a way. we haven't talked in this show yet. Well, the voice is about adversity, people. We just, let's, let's, let's just no, make that clear. I don't think it's about adversity. <laughs> I think they're, they're a virtual I don't think it's about adversity. I think it's just, they, they need something to fill time, honestly. They're like, oh, singing, singing, singing in your face. Let's take it down a notch and reach out and figure out who these people are so they have something invested in them right they have to tell you have to spend two dollars to vote for them they have to tell the contestants stories right they have to humanize the contestants make them interesting for television right which means adversity adversity is always like the way they construct a story that is supposed to tug at the heartstrings but go back to the what was the problematic latin american version Oh, never mind that. You know what? Talk about why this is beating American Idol. We want me to talk about why? Yeah. yeah. It's well, it it didn't just beat it. It beat it into death. <laughs> American Idol is dead. And uh, it what the last season was last season last year or something like that. This is a feel-good television that NBC is capitalizing on. I think the other feel-good is, we talked a little bit about this before, uh, American Ninja Wire. I think they've kind of, they're trying to make everything feel good now. All their programming is feel good. 
Well, first, why do you think the voices feel good? Because the judges rarely have any... They, well, if you put it next to American Idol, what's his name? Simon... Simon Pagano? No, Simon... Um, <laughs> the really jerky guy. For people who don't know, Andrew is a racing freak, and Simon Pagano is for a race car driver. For people uh, who are listening... <laughs> Eva picked up that Simon Pagano as a race car driver that nobody else did. And the reason why is because, yes, I watch motorsports. I follow motorsports. In any case, uh, Simon Cowell mm-hmm. right, is mm-hmm. his name. And he he rips into people all the time. Right. He's known as an asshole. And people like to watch that for a while, but then they didn't. Right. It starts to become cringeworthy and you don't enjoy it. And the, jo- the, the judges on, on uh, this show... Always have something positive to say about everybody. They don't always choose everybody. Obviously, that wouldn't be much of a competition, a reality competition. But or an unreality competition. You know, they encourage even if they don't. Nobody gets picked. They encourage them to like try it out. You know, try these things and come back and try again because you know you're almost there. You're doing good. And now we're watching um, the battle rounds. We're past the judging part. You know, we, we did choose the battle rounds, but they're actually kind of boring because there's hardly any adversity that we get to highlight in this. That we get to make fun of, you mean. The blind additions, you know, you're first meeting the contestant, and they have to give you, what, a five-minute little backstory, backstory line. And it's always like, when I was 12 years old, I lost my kitty cat. And the kitty cat went up the tree. And I climbed up the the tree to get my kitty cat and I fell down the tree the limb broke and it squashed my mom and she died no I was going to say I I fell on my kitty cat and now when I sing I just think of my kitty cat the whole time you know sometimes it's worse than that it's like squashing your kitty cat sometimes it's like um, I lost my eyesight that's a pretty big deal right Um, other times it's like uh, my dad just died of cancer and he always wanted me to sing and so now I'm singing. What really bothers me about that is that they're doing it for somebody else. Oh. Either they're lying to themselves or why can't they just be honest with everybody else and say, like, I like singing and I like singing for myself and it makes me feel good. Maybe it makes me feel good because of these bad things that happen. But why does it have to be for your dead uncle or your squashed kitty cat? I'm sure that is what the producers ask them to do. They're like... Okay, so think really hard, and let's talk about adversity in your life. Did you squash your kitty cat? <laughs> Could you, like, talk about that? Yeah. Let's bring that out. What, what, what's going to make you cry? Well... <laughs> I can't... Um... <laughs> I dropped... I... See, there was that kitty cat <laughs> Did uh, I did I did yes I did squash my kitty cat once <laughs> I did I was trying to rescue my kitty cat. But. So the dead parent thing. In that way, uh, the yeah, voice. There's a lot of dead parents. <laughs> a lot of dead parent adversity. So, yeah. In that way, the we voice. We should try to categorize it really. Right. So you've got your physical p- issues, like health issues. 
health issues, mm-hmm. like personal health issues, um, uh, personal health issues, um, dead parents mm-hmm. or a dead family member mm-hmm. or missing family member. Like um, my dad left me when I was ten, right? And my and my grandma raised me, right? And she always loved me singing and that type of stuff. What else? Or my parents didn't believe in me as an artist, and this is my chance to prove to them that I have a future as an artist. Right. And then there's the, the other thing is like um, when I was 16, I had a kid, and uh, I gave up my burgeoning career as a shitty singer <laughs> and now that my kids are older i want to show them how awesome i can still be mm-hmm. and so and a lot of times they really want to like try to make money like they want to do it and they they want to be successful in singing just so they can like support their family right well a lot of, that's is, another category geez, i is, hope you have a plan b or c and they talk about that too right like everybody's like and my plan B is go back to med school <laughs> or like, or, yeah. or they say, or, yeah, like or I don't have a plan B. Like they're this teenagers, they're teenagers and like, well, I started college and, um, but I, I've always loved singing, i.e. I don't want to do homework anymore. <laughs> um, the other category is, is semi-professional artist who... Never breaks out. Never been able to break out, or yeah. who thought that they were breaking out, like they got a record deal and then their label like dumped them. Yeah. Well, I also think that it does something magical for the judges' careers too. You know. Well, obviously not in the case of Blake Shelton. It wasn't that magical. His career, I think it has done something magical for his career. For now, his career, for his think? marriage is a totally different story. Yeah. I think this show is actually a marriage killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, oh, that's true. It is because so Blake it's Shelton. over between Blake and um, what's her face? Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert. <laughs> And it's also over between Gwen and Gavin Rosdale. And actually, both of their spouses were on this show. show. Have come on the show for them. When they were married. Right. Because last season, Gavin Rosdale, I'm pretty sure he was drunk. And high. And or high, (laughs) right, at the same time. And he was no help He was totally, like, the worst. worst. He was totally 16 stoned. (laughs) (laughs) You like what I did there? He was totally 16 stoned. And, uh, and yeah, not too much longer. So I think that this show really does catapult people, including the judges, maybe more the judges than anybody else in terms of their careers. And it puts a certain kind of stress on relationships that sometimes can, can kill them. Maybe I mean, I've never all their positivity and other people instead of their loved ones. I've never understood actually Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rosdale, especially. Like, did you see the episode where Gavin comes on and she introduces him as a very talented singer-songwriter or some shit like that? Yeah, maybe in nineteen what eight or something. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what From I thought. I was like, when was the last time that Bush did anything? 
I forget what was it? He did a. They had a couple of hits, right? I don't know. I, I liked Bush back in the day, but the point is that they haven't been active since the '90s. And the other that we know of, <laughs> right? Well, we didn't research that audience. No. Okay. Um. The other thing is that. Um. It used to be a joke on The Voice that Blake was marrying to Miranda, and he would trot that out all the time. All the time. When he was like trying to get. I just happened to be married to. Miranda so I know Lambert. somebody named Miranda Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be like a popular country singer, then marry me, or I'll introduce you to Miranda <laughs> Lambert. So it was so funny because he used to trot that out all the time, and now nobody mentions Miranda, of course, because it just would be too awkward. Actually, didn't this season, don't they make a little mention of of how it didn't really work out? I'm pretty sure there was like a little highlight there that Adam did in one of the episodes where he says something like, um, oh, I'm, that really worked out for you now, didn't it? No. Yes. No. Yes. Which, when you think about it, is not a very positive thing to say. And Blake kind of like, hey, 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 he did his little country <laughs> chuckle. Well, you know what is funny is like the little rivalry thing, thing between Blake and Adam. That used to be just kind of, it used to be like just kind of a funny thing for show or whatever. But it seemed like it was all in good fun. But this season, I swear that I sense an extra amount of tension between those two like it's not it's not as fun the the joshing between them is not as fun it seems like it actually has a bit of a malicious undercurrent vitriol yeah just a little touch of that you know i think it's played up a little bit the tension between them no i swear it's so it's really subtle actually and it's kind of in between the lines it's i don't think it is played up as much as there's something actually that's there and that's being covered up so that it's not as bad as it. Maybe Adam wants to be married to Miranda Lambert. Why is Adam bald? Somebody tell me. So the other thing that I wanted to say about the format is that the voting, the way the voting works is completely bonkers. Like the the coaches, I think it's important for the audience to understand that the coaches make decisions in the beginning, but then America starts voting and there are like 20 different ways to vote. How how do you? There's the you can buy work? off iTunes. You can buy the studio version. Oh right, you can boost it by you buying iTunes version. And that's counted a specific way, like where the uh, the artists are in the iTunes sales is counted a specific way. And then you can also send text messages, or can you call in or something? Or face email? Facebook. Face tweet. Do you do tweets? Tweets. tweets. Yeah, exactly, and different ways of voting carry different kinds of weights and people can vote up to 10 times one individual can vote up to 10 times for one person person. that's why yeah 
That's why I think sometimes that the person who actually wins the voice, it's not because they're such a great voice talent, but it's because they had some sort of online campaign that was really successful. I don't know. I've always been really curious about the demographics of the people who actually vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be great if they released like statistics of what each contestant, how they scored all their points. Like number of tweets, downloads, um, you know... What are the other ways? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something like. I think uh, you were looking at how this. many bobblehead dolls were handed out <laughs> with their likeness. I think you were looking, gazing upon this Zach kid, and his like beauty just mesmerized you no, and froze your mind. No, <laughs> no, no. You gotta no. admit, he kind of looks like a Ken doll. Look at his face. Look at him. Wasn't oh wasn't he actually part of? It's interesting. A lot of the contestants are amateurs or semi-professional, so it's not like they don't have any background in singing. I mean, these two kids, I think they both have uh, a background in singing. So. The other thing is, um, this season there's also a contestant who is an established pop star but not in the United States in oh yeah where is he Romania Bulgaria Bulgaria, something like that Hungary Hungary I'm pretty sure it's Hungary what do you think Blake is drinking right there you know they did they do a lot of product placement in this show like they're always doing uh, Starbucks for several seasons they were always drinking Starbucks uh, and you know they would lattes, lattes, like <laughs> lattes, right? They uh, and then they would do. Um, there's always cars that they supposedly like step out of, but they don't actually drive around or something. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Carson Daly and he's dri- I'm driving around the new Nissan Murano to <laughs> to meet the next contestant, Bubbly Doo Doo. <laughs> Bubbly Doo Doo. <laughs> Bubbly Doo Doo has that's lo- your, lots of adversity. That's your contestant name is yeah. Bubbly Doo Doo. <laughs> but they don't do Starbucks anymore, it looks like. They don't do that. So I think Blake's probably drinking straight up whiskey. That did look like it was scotch it on the rocks, like, didn't it? It did, yeah. You need to take the edge off. And I tell you, Brad Paisley looks like Alex Tagliani. <laughs> Which, for the listeners at home, if you follow Motorsports, is also a race car driver. That's the performance that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is pretty. I mean, for the listeners at home, (laughs) I was not the one who ever wanted to watch this show, ever. And in fact, we would record uh, 
a whole season's worth of episodes, and I would make Eva sit down and watch them to clean up the DVR, even though I did not want to watch them. <laughs> I said, well, you've got a lot of spare time. Why don't you um, bore a hole through your skull with these episodes of The Voice and get them off of our DVR for precious space for something more worthy? And she would. But unfortunately, I'd also also be in the kitchen having to listen to these exact same things, and I would start to watch it, too. <laughs> heavy sigh. <laughs> start to watch it, too. My heart is heavy with the sound of la voix. <laughs> so I think that... Andrew and I is watching habits. Sometimes there's a pattern where there's certain shows that we start watching together because there's something that we're getting from them vicariously. Vicariously. Like before we got Frida, we watched a lot of Animal Planet. Um, Remember? Wait, does that mean you want to get yourself a Blake Shelton? (laughs) (laughs) It means that we maybe need more music in our lives. Oh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. We always find ourselves singing along. Yes. We're always like, we could sing bigger than that. (laughs) That person sucks. I don't know how they ever got picked. I would not steal that person. Sometimes I actually amaze Andrew with my knowledge of Whitney Houston lyrics when I sing along to Whitney Houston songs. When she comes up, yeah. When she comes up on The Voice. Last season was Whitney Houston heavy. Was that the year she died? She died last year? Like early last year? 2014? I think so. He looks bored. He does look bored. I don't think he wants to to be up there. I think he needs a haircut, too. <laughs> hey, of all the contestants, uh, if you're wearing a hat and you have long hair and you're under 18, I don't think you should win this show. <laughs> that is just my criteria. My low threshold. For... for all the listeners not at home, like potentially on the subway or in your car or wherever. Yeah, look around. Look to your left. <laughs> look to your right. If you see somebody who's long hair with a guitar and like a, an Amish style hat. You just tell them right now, you do not deserve to win the voice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please do it for us. We'll do it for me at least. So. We gotta get the message out somehow, people. Yeah. I don't recognize the song. I love it when after a battle they embrace. They almost always do. <laughs> I mean, that's some more of that feel goodness. And I wonder, uh, or good feelness. I wonder if it's. Uh, I wonder if it's something that's scripted, like you know. Oh, and then you guys should um, hug or bump fists or something like that. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's scripted. I think it's just it goes with the spirit of the show. You think they just caught up in the whole? Oh my God, I'm on The Voice. It's so positive. I'm feeling good right now. Uh, I showered this morning. I did not shower this morning personally, and well, that's why you're not on The Voice. And it's not my fault. It's because we didn't have water this morning. See, she called yeah, him Tyler, Superman, and I called him a Ken doll. I think that we're on the same wavelength. Because of his chiseled features. Mm-hmm. Chiseled features. Chiseled features. So I think in this particular scenario, I needed to feel that fire a little bit more. All right, some thoughts from your fellow coaches. Blake, you got the final decision, buddy. I'll start with Zach. First of all, I always love that moment, and it happened at the blind auditions, too, when, when somebody finally mentions the fact that he's 16 years old, and you hear all the dirty old women in here. Ooh. Oh, my God. So, Why wait, does he what? have to say that? It's, like, totally an anti-cougar. Wait, he, he's 16? Yeah. Wow. He looks like he's he could be 20, 20 I know. in his tw- early 20s. I know. You can be proud of him. Well, I mean, I didn't raise the kid. No, I'm just really you can be proud of him. It's okay. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. So, they bring in what celebrity celebrity coaches uh, to help the other coaches. Like the um, in this case they have Selena Gomez, which I just realized um she looks unreal. Well, by that you mean she looks like she's a 12-year-old made of plastic. Yes. I'm hearing the melody a little clearer and you sing some of the words and then they fall off. Okay. And it's part of your style, but I think that you need to Although next to Gwen Stefani, I mean, duh. Gwen <laughs> Stefani looks like she's 20s. She's in, what 46 now. Mm-hmm. But Selena Gomez looks like she's 11, 12 something. Which is funny that you mentioned because we were just sitting in BK's having lunch the other day and a video of her came on and you were like, this this is really disturbing because she, you know, it's kind of a sexy video and it was really hard to watch because she looks so young, like she shouldn't be. Right. It looks like the FBI are going to be crashing. (laughs) Saying like, yeah. Yes. The FBI has been watching. It feels like you're the accompanying guy, and you're just kind of backing her up. Yeah. And I don't want that because this really has to be about you right. as well. It's really hard for Tim because Ellie has a real stage presence. By stage presence, they mean blue hair. Blue, green hair. That's called mermaid, by the way. Oh, is that a, that's a thing now? Yeah. They call that mermaid. And also, her stage presence is defined by the dinosaur tattoo on her forearm yeah, stage person. which dinosaur is that which dinosaur is that andrew huh? stegosaurus we need to learn these things we have a child now you know, I'm confused by dinosaurs a lot because for a long time they said the brontosaurus wasn't a real dinosaur. That was actually uh, 
two dinosaurs laying on top of each other. That's why, that's why when they found it, it was like, oh, this one's got a super long neck. It's a, it's a brontosaur. And then they said, oh, we fucked up. We stuck too many neck bones in there. But then they were like, no, 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 it's a real dinosaur. So you have like some us on their shirt. Yeah, it looks like a stegosaur. Stegosaur or Stegosaurus? Stegosaurus, yeah. And the way she's wearing her shirt right now makes it look like she's got a diaper. <laughs> See, that's so weird. Is that you're like it's a show about? It starts out. <laughs> it starts out where you're not watching the person, but by the end of the series, you're watching this and you're like critiquing oh my what God. they're wearing. Yes, and, the and now they have a style. Yeah, like right. a style person. Now they have a special who has little segments. Segment that's about um, buying shit at Target, right? Um, and exactly. stylish shit. But then you know, when they start this in the series, they're standing there with a microphone on stage. There's nothing else. There's very little light effects or you know showiness. But by the end, they uh, they have this huge yeah, it's super produced right. right? Where things are moving in and out, there's smoke, no, there's special effects. it's a total effects, spectacle. Right. And they're even done up, right? Right. So it's not the voice anymore. It's the voice and the boob job that you got. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Thank you for listening to The Bad Television Show, where the only thing better than good TV is a show about bad TV. Yeah, she's totally like a Katy Perry.